This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Where, right now you may be thinking, there's a lot to think about. You're going to mention Valentine's Day Court, but I'm going to mention game day favorites. If you're prepping for the big game or anything else where you're sitting around the TV or, you know, we're in our, hopefully on our last legs of being holed up inside here. Uh, Zupan's is the place where you can prepare for the game with marinated wings, stuffed jalapenos, homemade guacamole, uh, all made for your favorite football feasting coming up shortly. Yeah, you can't go wrong stopping by your local Zupans, whether it be for the big game or for Valentine's Day, which is just a couple of days after the big game. And they take it even a step further where they will prepare the meal for you, Chris. This is pretty great. You can either do a surf and turf dinner for two or a delicious house-made beef Wellington. And can you present it as though it's your own and then you did it like while somebody's away for the day and come home and honey, I made a beef Wellington for you. I think, I mean, you certainly could. Would, would we recommend that? Probably not. Not if you want that relationship to last. Well, see, I'm no good at that. Yeah. So that's why I suggested that. So sure. anyway, that's a good way to go. They also have one of the cool things about Zupans is if you follow them on their news feed and at Zupans.com, you're going to see their events. And they have Friday, February 9th, they have a Lustau Sherry and Lustau Sherry tasting and tapas. So that's that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, something you might want to get on, and you can buy the tickets right there at zoopans.com. Yep. Three locations to serve you, McAdam, West Burnside, and Lake Oswego. And as Chris mentioned, the best place to go for all your information is zoopans.com. All right, here it is. Time once again. It's Portland's Food Scene Podcast right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures, and I'm co-host, Court Johnson. Hey, Court. How are things with you? Here we are coming up on February. I mean, time flies. It is. Yeah. No, I I can't believe we're in February. Well, yes, we are. (laughs) For for those listening, we're in February, at least. February and beyond. Let's say so. Just for those who are uninitiated, like half of our the listens of this podcast are into the archives, and that was that is one of the um, tenets we have when we interview a guest. We want it to be as evergreen as possible, right? So you don't hear us doing things about events, you know, upcoming events, uh, very much a little bit, but most of the time we want someone to be able to. Tune to this podcast in the tenth year and go back and listen to somebody um, years ago and have it be relevant. So um, yeah, I think the biggest thing that that uh, might change though, and we've pointed this out a few times, is for many of our early guests, they're not around anymore. They're not doing the same thing or working at the same place. So much doesn't has changed mean they're in not alive. Years. That's right. They're around. They're just not around doing what they were do- doing around the time when we recorded them. Right. Have I confused everybody? No, it's okay. And I don't know, you know, this is a morbid thought, but I don't think we have any, that I recall any deceased former guests in our 10 years out of the 380 episodes. We're right. good luck for yeah. keeping people alive. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, I just, no, no one comes to mind because I right. never remember thinking, oh, well, uh, 
but oh yes we do do i don't know so i'm not going to go there because i'm not even sure yeah so um at any rate you can also edit some of that shit out (laughs) there there are some people that are dead to me Yeah. Oh, well, that's true. Um, All right. But this episode is actually really cool because sometimes we have guests back because we like them and things change or we have more to talk about than we do than perhaps we were able to cover in an hour. So uh, this interview with Javier Contreras of Urdaneta to me was really interesting. He posted um, early, and I've always been aware he, when last time he was on our podcast, we talk about his music, you know, the fact that he was really coming to Portland to become a musician and ended up being a chef, but he's still a musician. He's still got a band, which is yeah. why we're here today. So, um, this one's really interesting. We're going to talk a little bit about Spain and our trips that we do there. So this is a multimedia presentation. If you, if you really want to spend some t- more time with Javier and maybe even me, you can come with us. Two opportunities in the spring and the fall, spring to Basque Country and fall to Andalusia. We're doing trips with um, with Javier and his and his wife JL, who's really a pleasure, and Andre, who's also a pleasure, the server there. So we talk a little bit about those trips and the fact that one trip is on his mother's side to Basque Country, and one trip is on his father's side to uh, Andalusia, where his father came from. So we talk a little bit about what those are all about and growing up there and moving to Tulsa and his impressions of the United States, you know, when he gets to Tulsa and then moving to Portland to become a musician and ending up a chef. So uh, we're also, it's pretty cool, uh, pretty cool chef. I'm calling you chef. (laughs) I'll take it. I don't deserve it, but I'll take it. No, well, so pretty cool, Court. This will be our first episode. We're actually playing music. So we got two tracks from Everyday Slave, which is Javier Contreras's, as I I would call it a band, but he calls it his current project. Hmm. So, um, So we have two tracks, and you get to know, you know, we get to know a little about his inner workings as a as a human with the lyrics that he writes and the kind of music that he likes too. So very cool. I'm, I'm excited about this. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I haven't heard the interview or the song, so I'll be uh, listening to it anew like everybody else. All right. Well, I hope you like them enough to become a regular listener on the podcast. <laughs> Are you talking about <laughs> me or the, or the, me? right. Yes. No, you, me. You. I, no, yeah. I figured I knew what you were getting at. <laughs> well, we also hope everyone likes this interview enough to come back with us as well, or even dig deeper into the interview with Javi from, oh God, it was probably 2017, 2018. That feels right. Yeah. So go back and just go, you know, if you go, go to the right at the fork.com site, we have a search bar where you can search archival episodes. And as I was starting to say, that half of our listens are back into the archives. So uh, half of the listens in any given month, uh, just about half of the listens happened that month, but just about they're all random going back into the archives, which we like, you know? Yeah. P- people can listen forever. So that being said, this is a, one of my, you know what? I really enjoyed this. This was, I don't have many interviews. I've had some where I'm just talking to a friend. 
and I'm, you know, I'm comfortable anyway with people I don't know, but I'm really comfortable with people that I do know. So this is, uh, I hope everybody feels that. So it's sitting down. Do you ever watch Bill Maher's podcast? I don't. Well, uh, Club Random, which is really interesting because it's, as he pointed out recently uh, in uh, one episode that I saw, there's, it's not a studio. There's no mics. There's no headphones. It's just a conversation. And that's the way I like this to be. Although we have headphones and mics. Yeah. And we're separated. We're not, not as fancy as Bill. Yeah, not as fancy. But that wouldn't that be nice? Sure. I could set that up here. I got the room. So the problem is getting the guests out here. That's going to be a little challenging. Yeah, we'll work on it. Yeah, we'll work on it. But for now, no one has any real work to do other than sit back and listen to this interview with Javier Contreras of the incredible restaurant Erdineta of Trip the trips that we do with Portland Food Adventures to Spain, and also of the project Everyday Slave. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers and local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego, local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupans Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years, Ringside has been providing the best steaks and has been the home of the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. And by Portland Food Adventures. It's your opportunity to travel to the world's most celebrated food destinations with Right at the Fork host, Chris Angeles, and some of his favorite chef friends. Check out PortlandFoodAdventures.com for exciting and delicious itineraries to Spain, Italy, and elsewhere. Stay in great hotels, eat incredible food, and leave the planning to Portland Food Adventures. So, yes... Here we are. We were just talking a little bit about Spain and Basque Country, trip number four. For number four, I it, can't believe that's it. crazy. And then that's you awesome. do trips with your staff, so yeah. you know, as far yeah. as going back there in the last few years, you're probably going on eight to ten times at least to go to Basque Country. Yeah, more than I ever actually planned on <laughs> but the, the i mean the staff trips are great because they give me just another excuse to you know to get over there and then and of course you know taking them um for educational reasons for the restaurant you know so they can you know really see what what the the thought and origins behind everything we do at Erdineta is and so um and then this year I'm, we're doing our staff trip back to back with the the Portland Food Adventures trip, which is kind of crazy. So it's good. I'm going to be there for like a month and a half. So you're insane. duplicating. Well, you're also going to Southern Spain to do a little research for. Yeah. And tell me the best way to spell and and say Andalusia. <laughs> so Andalusia, Andalusia, yeah. right? Is that the best way? And then do you spell it with a C yeah. or an S? I spell it 
with an S, but I know that both spellings are correct. Right. But I think if if you're gonna say um if you're gonna say it like the Castilian way with the with the th with the th mm-hmm. sound, I think I think C is is it like it's more how they pronounce it is with a C. All right. Well, we'll, we'll just go with the C because my name is Chris. Starts with a C. Your last name is Tim <laughs> Terrace. We'll go with, with the C. C. And, and that's the way I've been doing it, so I don't have to change. But we should probably um, sync up because I think you guys on your website are spelling it with an S. So, I think I did spell it with an S. Yeah. I go back and forth. Yeah, it, yeah. So either way is fine. It's all right. So yeah, listen, the yeah. cool thing about this discussion and the fact that you're talking about going there with your staff is yeah. I think it makes two things for customers or your patrons. It makes mm-hmm. Erdaneta that much more special because you got a staff that's all in. They're not just totally. hired from down the street. and They are at some point, but you throw out as a carrot <laughs> that where you're going yeah. to Spain. So you're going to learn what we do. You're going to, you're going to immerse yourself in everything yeah. that inspires you and the rest of the staff. Let's face it. Andre's slightly inspired now and oh, JL yeah. is inspired <laughs> and yeah. it gives them not only incentive to go, but it gives them knowledge. And <coughs> also it makes Erdaneta. I was thinking about it this morning and I talk about this kind of stuff a lot, but Erdaneta is always on in the Eater 38. It's always on everybody's list. However, it's not the next new shiny thing because you've been there for how many years now? Ten? Uh, how many no. years? Eight. Eight. Okay. Eight. So it's getting up. It feels there. like ten. Yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah. I can never tell anymore. <laughs> I just throw it out there. Yeah. But it's hard in this world of Eater and, and being the next shiny new thing to always mm-hmm. be up there in everybody's mindset. So you're not, and I always get, I got to tell you, I'm not, I don't make these rules, but I always yeah. feel like a restaurant like Erdaneta should be in the running for a restaurant yeah. of the year. Why is yeah. it that you, you've been doing what you've been <laughs> doing for eight years and you've honed it and done it well and you do the things you do and yet mm-hmm. it's got to be someplace that just opened four months ago that's restaurant of the year. I don't agree yeah, with this. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I think at the very beginning, we kind of just snuck in under the radar kind of quietly, you right. know? And I think we just, we developed a lot of that, that, that neighborhood support, you know, and, and really like just loyal guests. And we didn't get too much attention at the very beginning. And, you know, I don't know why that is. I mean, I think, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I was a bit more unknown at that time. You know, there's, there's a lot of reasons, but I think we, Sometimes I think that we kind of missed that window just a little bit, you know, at the very, very beginning and ultimately became more of, I think, you know, like a cult neighborhood favorite rather than like you're saying, you know, the, the, the super shiny new restaurant from some chef that worked under Thomas Keller, you know, or something like that, which I, I never, I never really was. I did a lot of it on my own. I mean, I have a lot of chef experience, but, um, but I did a lot of my stuff just, just on my own. And so kind of sneaking in that way, I I don't think we got, you know, a ton of attention for being, um, you know, a brand new, brand new sparkly restaurant. But, but what we, what we did get was, 
really loyal guests and, and the love of like the people, you know? And I think that as a sustainable long running business, that's, that's what makes you um, keep your doors open for, for, you know, eight years is, is the support of, of those people. So I don't, I don't, I try not focus too much on like, you know, the, the, the articles or, you know, or, or the mentions or, or the awards or, or the TV things. Um, I, really what I, I set out to do every day is just, just make the people that come into the restaurant happy and make sure that they come back. <laughs> and, and that's our focus. I think you know? you're beyond a neighbor. You are a neighborhood. You're one of the best. I mean, if anybody who lives up in your neck of the woods in Alberta and what 30th, somewhere around there, I may be yeah. off a block or two, but, yeah, yeah, uh, um, but anybody who lives there, they're very fortunate <laughs> because they do have a lot of options. Like there's a lot of places they can go. And the fact that, man, I would love to have Urdaneta down the street and you'd see me way more often. Everything's yeah. a destination restaurant for me, but I also know that we totally. have a lot of customers, you know, by now we're going on our fourth trip. So that's 60 people who've come yeah. with you and us to Basque country and I know some of those people live as far out as Wenatchee, Washington, and yeah, come out, and yeah. they're just excited. And when they come into town, uh, Donna and Keith, they invite their friends from locally to come <laughs> and enjoy it. So, And I know yeah. there are others that come in from a distance. So you've done that. But also, you've had time to dial it in to the point where you can take a month and a half off, and the restaurant doesn't miss a beat. Like, you're not there. Yeah. And JL's yeah. not there. and. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't miss a beat. So you've, you know, you yeah. came in, let's face it, when you came in, in eight years ago, you weren't the only Spanish restaurant in Portland. There was, there no. was Toro Bravo and there was yeah. a Taula. And who's this guy? Yeah. What is this, Urdaneta? Yeah. <laughs> I, rem yeah. I remember thinking that. Who is this? And, you know, I was very yeah. loyal yeah. to Jose. And it's like, well, they of can't, course. they can't possibly hold a candle to a Taula. Yeah. And then now look who's standing. Look who's yeah. still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing to think about that. When we first stepped in, I mean, I was very careful. And I mean, yeah, I guess I was just really careful to not, to you know, not step on anybody's culinary toes, you know. Because, mm -hmm. you know, Jose had, <clears throat> um, you know, Barcelona, Catalonia, pretty much just on major lockdown, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, John had, um, you know, Toro Bravo really had a lot of like Southern Spain influence mm -hmm. on his menu. And so for me coming in, you know, the, fortunately I'm, I'm Basque, you know, so I, I really just, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to do what I know. I'm, you know, I'm just going to do Basque food. And so coming into, um, to, to amazing chefs and amazing restaurants at that time, with just concentrating on a different region of Spain, I always felt like, you know, thank God I'm, I'm, I'm smart <laughs> and, and, and yeah. I'm just not doing like another, another thing from, you know, Barcelona or another thing from, from the South or whatever. I'm doing something a bit different. Right. And you were lucky and so, you could complete the trifecta, right? I'm right. Sure yeah, there's more yeah. than that, but you know, when you got Barcelona, Andalusia and you're doing Basque, that is, you pick and choose yeah. your your uh, opportunity and you did it you do it so well and of course totally. you know basque country is now known as the hotbed culinarily it's the yeah it is the hotbed of spain and europe and maybe even the world with more michelin star restaurants than any other region 
So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and that's great. Yeah. But you know, one thing we've learned, I, th- I don't know about you, but you, you'd be a better authority on this, but I'm as good an authority as anybody. Cause I'm a, I'm a consumer. I'm a diner. Yeah. I tend to like the just, you know, not necessarily. I love the Michelin experiences, but they're not my favorite. And, um, you know, my favorites are the ones that aren't Michelin star that don't get, that are still awesome, but you know, they're not, they're not geared towards that. We just talked about Ezra Mende. I love it. It's great, but I mean, it's theater. It's, it's more than just food. It's theater. It's a whole experience, you know, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, like those three Michelin star restaurants that, that you and I go to on those trips, I mean, they're, they're, they're life-changing experiences sometimes, but I think the question is always, you know, would you want to go and eat there once a week? You know? And so like, <laughs> I, I think most of us are like, probably not, you know? Um, and I think we would, we would pick just a really kick-ass solid, you know, Spanish tapas bar to go to. Well, and we know those. We're going to those too. (laughs) Right. Of course. Yeah. You know, when you talk about going every week, I was just thinking, you know, dawned on me and this is no slight to Ezra Mende. If never been there, then you got to go. But if you were to ask me now, we've been three times. We're going back a fourth. And by the way, anybody, we have two spots left. So anybody who wants to come hang out with, Javier and also his wife, JL and Andre, who's like, I think he steals the show over yeah, there. Yeah. Um, he does. <laughs> uh, uh, but anybody who wants to come out with, come back with us. But what I was about to say is if you asked, told me, Chris, we got to knock one out. We can't do it again. Or mm-hmm. from the other perspective, where is it that you're absolutely looking forward to going again? I mean, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, okay, you've done the, I've seen the concert. I've seen the Ezra Mendy concert, but as yeah. far as the food is, I, you know, going back to Nauru again yeah. would be, yeah. you know, that everything there yeah. is awesome. It's not yeah. as an expensive a deal and it's just, it's really cool. But, and there are other places it's, too. I mean, our, sure, our yeah. trip out to the farm, I would want to do that yeah. again and again and again and again. That yeah, I could yeah. do. So yeah. that's, I mean, that's a really special experience. I mean, who, who gets to go out to this this farm where I mean this this family's just cooking food from their land specifically for you? I mean that's just that's incredible. For, if you even think and about that. The, there are how many generations? Well, it's five hundred years. So yeah, how many generations yeah. are they in now? We haven't ever asked them that question. So no, let's figure not. that. That's got to be like twenty. That's got to be like fifteen, twenty yeah. generations. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they're just, it's incredible, man. Yeah. It's, it's an incredible experience. And a Perry, um, up in the Basque country, like next to, uh, to San Juan and and all that area. That's, that's always one of my favorite meals too. Mm -hmm. That's a place I could probably, I could probably go back to like, you know, once every couple of weeks and just, just eat there. That would be what is to me here on the Oregon coast, local ocean seafoods. I drive two and a half hours to go eat there and I could go, I'm going, Oh, we're going uh, Saturday night as a matter of fact. Yeah. So nice. um, But I could, if I lived in that area, any Perry and uh, yeah, that would be fantastic. The view is fantastic. Remember when we went and was coming down in a deluge and I was sitting (laughs) at dinner with just soaked. 
Actually, yeah. I actually oh, yeah. <laughs> went into the bathroom and took my shirt off and dried it under the dryer. Uh-huh. I've never done yeah. that before. So, yeah, yeah. I remember, um, I remember. But anyway, that's cool. And I, that's what I, I, the experience is great. And just being there with a local, why don't you, um, so you've been on the podcast before and you certainly went into your background, but why don't you just do a couple of yeah. minute top line on your history? And what I want to uh, express is, you know, you talk about coming into Portland under the radar. Well, you came here to be a musician I and, did. and you Originally. did not come here to be a chef. And so no. we're going to talk about that, the music side of your life uh, sure. in this podcast. So we'll make it a little different than the last one. But yeah. but talk a little bit about, you know, what got you to Portland and how you came in under the radar and your TV appearance. You've made a few TV appearances. You talk about you don't really yeah. care about TV, but shit, that's what's helped you. <laughs> that's what's helped you get where you where you are. It's true. I mean, I love TV, but, um, <laughs> you know, I'm. I'm, I think I'm, I'm naturally a really shy person, believe it or not. I, that's but, what I find is interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so sometimes those cameras, you know, are, are kind of <laughs> goes against my, my shy nature. But I love competition. I think that's what it is. I love competition, um, but not always, um, you know, because I'm, I'm a bit shy. I don't always like a lot of attention. It's just, it's kind of like, it doesn't make any sense. Really. Were you, were you into sports but, as a kid? We've never really talked about that. If you're competitive, that's generally sure. where that would come from. Yeah. I mean, not, not really, you know, I mean, coming from a, a pretty hardcore Spanish father from Madrid. I mean, soccer was always super important in our family, mm -hmm. but you know, as far as like playing it, um, you know, not much more than than just kicking a ball around out in the front yard, you know. Never, never like actually on a team or anything. Um, but anyway, I guess I don't know. Yeah, about, let's let's get to about let's, me. Let's start yeah. in Bermeo and get to Sorry, Portland. Trying. How about that? Sure. Yeah. Well, born I was born in Bilbao, uh, you know, officially Bilbao. But my mother, my mother is the one that's from Bermeo. My father is the one uh, from Madrid, where. It, you know, that's where I, I start having uh, Madrid and down south, you know, roots roots down in Andalusia. Um, so my father moved up to Bilbao for for work, for a job that, that he got. He, got. he got transferred up there. What did he do? Uh, he's an engineer, a mechanical engineer, designing um, out of kind of big industrial structures and that kind of stuff. I was going to hope he designed the bridge up there because that's pretty cool. <laughs> and the, is, well, cool. his name isn't Guggenheim. We know that. So yeah. <laughs> Antonio is his name. Antonio. Real like, you know, you're like stereotypical Spanish names. Antonio and Maria. Mm -hmm. and father. Um, anyway, you know, they met in the workplace. Some time went by. I was born in Bilbao. Um, and then by the time I was about... Uh, a little at, like little past five years old, um, my my dad's company had um, another spot in Tulsa, Oklahoma, of all places, believe it or not. And so um, this was, you know, in the mid mid seventies or so. And so he got transferred over there. Um, so my whole family just picked up, moved to Tulsa. And um, what only, was your thing? Really, Do you remember what you thought at what? How old were you? Like. 
Teen, a kid. I was like five. Five, yeah. right. What I were you thinking at five? There's one thing is the United States, which I think, you know, everybody looks at it as Disneyland from Europe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But then there's Tulsa, Oklahoma on top right, of that. Yeah. So do you yeah. remember what you yeah. thought or what you thought when you got there? I, you know, I, I mean, I don't have a lot of memories of, of it specifically. The one thing I remember the most is not understanding English you know, as a five-year-old. And that's, I mean, that, like thinking about it now, because I mean, I speak English just as well as you do, you know, really. Oh, well, we're going to have a little competition. A Let's have a grammar competition. <laughs> okay. No, no. <laughs> um, you know, not understanding the language, I think was my biggest memory, you know, because my parents were working and they'd, they'd leave me at a daycare center during the day. And oh. these kids would be talking to me and I would, I had no idea what they were saying. Um, and to, to hear English from that outside perspective, mm-hmm. you know, looking back on it now, it's, it's a really strange feeling. Um, but that's also but anyway, the best yeah. time to learn a language at that age. It is. Absorb it a lot more. Yeah. Man, I've been trying really hard, if for no other reason than to impress you and JL. And I, the only way I'm going to learn it is to like move there and immerse myself yeah. at this age, my brain, I have a hard enough time with English vocabulary, remembering it. Yeah. My brain cannot, it just isn't able to absorb it and I'm not going to do it on Duolingo. So anyway, it's true. If I were to do it now, there's no way. I mean, you know, at that age, I, I was fluent in six months. Right. That was it. You know? Um, but if like, I were to try and learn Basque right now. I mean, it would take me years. Well, years the beautiful years. thing is that you don't have to anymore. You got phones yeah. that will translate <laughs> for you. And the last time we were there when the bus driver didn't speak any English and mm-hmm. God damn it, my AI, my translation would only work if I was on network. So I was dead <laughs> in the water there. I'm yeah, getting a yeah. phone that's going to work locally on my phone this time. So you when that comes it. up, yeah, yeah. it's not going to be an issue. Anyway, yeah. let's get yeah. back to your at five and, and Tulsa. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so, you know, we're in Tulsa. Um, I only spoke Basque and Spanish at that time. But my father doesn't speak Basque because he's from Madrid. So my mother had no one to really, you know, speak Basque with on a daily basis. So <clears throat> Basque started kind of going to the curb a bit. English started moving in. And then I kind of, I lost the Basque, which I, I still give her give her crap about because I'm like, come on, you know, that would be great to know right now. Um, so, you know, English took over, um, learned it in, in six months. And, um, you know, from there, um, it was just, it was kind of a, a normal, normal childhood, you know? Um, but when did you pick up a, when did you pick up a guitar and who were your influences? Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I picked up the guitar it was funny because my, my mother was actually taking guitar lessons. She's a huge uh, Beatles fan. Okay. Just massive. Um, and so she started taking lessons just so she could learn to play Beatles songs. Um, and so there was a guitar around. I was about seven mm-hmm. or eight. And she was taking, you know, taking these lessons and, and she'd be playing these songs. And one day um, I picked it up and, and she – decided to to just kind of quickly teach me a song and it was Hey Jude by the Beatles. Um, and I, I picked it up, you know, I learned the song, you know, just within a day or two and, and was playing it like 
better than her. You know, I was young also going back to the subject of, you know, when you're young, you, you absorb so much and you learn so quickly. So I, I, I think from that moment on, um, fell in love with music and kind of felt like I had a bit of a knack for it, you know, just an understanding for it. Um, and that was it from there. I, I grew up more and more. Um, I was really into the metal bands, you know, that's really what did it for me. Metallica. Um, I mean, I think I learned how to play almost everything from Metallica records, <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, Guns N' Roses came around, you know, it was mm-hmm. that, it was that time. Um, Van Halen, of course, you can't not. Uh, Are you a look, Dave guy or a Eddie. Sammy guy? Damn it. I'm a Dave guy. I'm yeah. a Dave guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and you, I mean, not that Sammy isn't, was it, it was just a different phase of the band. You know, they had their, their songs, but I grew up on Dave. So I'm, I'm going to stick with Dave. Yeah, well, I also um, think I, I a little bit biased because I spent a lot of time, you know, with my brother having some uh, very important thing to do with that band. I spent a lot of time. You've had some party, some party days. Oh, with yeah, Van right Halen. in the midst of it, man. So, yeah, I got to, <laughs> oh, my God, I got stories which have not been told, really. Um, but I got some stories. My brother's got the stories. Um, yeah, and maybe someday he and I will converse again, and maybe we can discuss those. But um, should write a book. Write a book. Yeah, I probably have a book myself, but he's got the book, and we've talked about yeah. that. So, um, but at any rate, uh, yeah, no, I'm a Dave guy, and I think the music. I just think the music is a lot better. And I saw Sammy the other day on Finding Your Roots. His name. He's oh, not yeah. even Sammy Hagar. He found out his name. He's not even a Hagar. He's, what? I can't remember his name, but he's not Sammy Hagar. His name is something else. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. Van Halen was a big part of my, I was older than you. So you picked it up, you picked yeah. it up like in your late, before your teens, right? Yeah. 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 I, I really, I, I started there and, you know, just a lot of Metallica stuff. Um, and then in the 90s, you know, I really kind of, kind of got into the grunge thing. I mean, I think we all did. You know, Alice in Chains was one of my favorite bands. I always kind of, I always leaned towards the darker kind of bands. It was mm-hmm. just, you know, I don't know, the the struggling artist, musician guy, you know, that that I am and and, and was. Um, I always just kind of went more towards, towards band that were just bands that were like darker. So Alice in Chains. Are you a dark person though? I don't, I don't see you as a dark person. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I think, I mean, that's a good question. I I don't really think about it. Your wardrobe isn't dark, right? No, no, not, not, not typically. Right. And you don't have, you don't, I don't see a lot of piercings and tattoos and all that stuff. So no, not anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Not, what do you mean not anymore? Did you get some tattoos covered <laughs> up? <laughs> I got a couple. Uh yeah. I had I've I've had some piercings, you know, they're not they're not around anymore. Those um, can go away. Sure. I don't know. I think I think I'm I'm pretty I always consider myself pretty pretty well rounded. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't I don't really go um to one side or the other. I I feel like I'm I'm a pretty balanced kind of person. You know, there's some darkness, sure. Well, there um, is because but, uh, it comes out in your music. 
It does. So, I mean, you you're not you singing yeah. love. You're not singing love songs, there, my friend. That I, from not, what not I can really. tell, yeah, yeah, not really. You're not doing I "Hey think, Jude" anymore. A lot of musicians have always said, "Yeah, right." A lot of musicians have always said, and I agree with it that it's it's so much easier to write a song about you know struggle mm-hmm. rather than to write a song about something happy. Well, and plus when you're pissed know. off, you get, is. you can punch it more. You're just it's, like, right. right you're, yeah. you're so, more inspired. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Um, anyway. Yeah. A lot of guitar stuff. I, I learned how to um, record things really early on sometimes. And, and I say this even today, I feel like I learned how to play music just so I could record it. And so, I mean, at like eight, nine, ten years old, I was taking like two tape players, you know, and and recording a guitar line on one and then pushing play and then, you know, and then hitting record on the other tape player and going back and forth, um, like tracking stuff. And at the end, I mean, all you could hear was just a bunch of, you know, from the (laughs) tape. Um, And so the recording process has always been super fascinating for me, um, even more so than, than like being on stage sometimes, you know, which goes back to maybe my, my shyness, you know, a little bit. I've always preferred to be kind of, kind of behind the scenes in, in the production side um, more than, you know, getting all the attention on stage, which I've done, of course, you know, I've played lots of shows in my life, but, but I love, I love like the creation and production part of it. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite part. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, but you have to yeah. do that. You have to go do shows to keep it going. Yeah. Right. And of course, of course, and yeah. develop some sort of following. Cause you have to have some people listening yeah. or you're only doing it as a, you just still may be doing it as a hobby, but you just, yeah. for your yeah. ego, you want to know that you got X number of followers or how many sales or whatever. You got to have yeah. something. Yeah. 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 It's the only way. It's the only way to do it. It's the only way, uh, to get your name out there, you know? Um, and so, I mean, yeah, you know, time went on and on and, and, um, found myself, you know, uh, in a few different bands. Um, you know, this was kind of around the nineties, you know, so, um, you know, I was in some pop punk bands, um, that kind of progressed into like more serious, heavier bands, um, and then, you know, really <clears throat> by the time I hit my early, early twenties, um, I was in Tulsa. It's just like, yeah, you know, unless, unless I'm playing, you know, um, a different style of music, I, you know, I don't feel like I can really make it in music here. So, um, of course Seattle was big at that time. Uh, so, you know, what am I going to do? I, you know, I got to. I got to move somewhere where I, I feel like I can have a career in music. <clears throat> and my drummer at the time got a job in Portland. Um, and, you know, honestly, that could have been, it could have been San Francisco. It could have been Seattle. It could have been Canada. You know, Turn I would have followed. It could have been, <laughs> I would have followed that, that drummer. Uh, ben Dawson is his name. Still one of, one of my best and dear friends. Um wherever just to keep the band together you know because that's what you did and so we um all of us all picked up moved to portland because that's where our drummer got his job (laughs) and um 
and and that was it. I've been in Portland ever since, and I I feel so lucky that um that that Portland and myself you know ended up being a such a great match because I could have ended up anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really really lucky that 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 place was Portland. You know, and I've I've never looked back. I've never wanted to live anywhere else ever since. I love it here. And so, so. and so you you know you're doing gigs all over Portland, and the, you know you talk about yeah. coming in under the radar. Yeah, nobody was saying. I don't know what your band. It, this is the the band that you have now. Everyday Slave is not the band that you. Yeah. Is that the band? No. That you, no. Yeah. No, so yeah, you know, everybody wasn't like, well, here's this the guy we knew as the singer and guitar player of this band, he's opening a restaurant that didn't happen. There was a time where I remember some yeah. guy, I don't remember which band opened up a food cart over in Mississippi. And that was a big deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember that. Right. So, um, but you weren't that guy. So, uh, no. you didn't have any designs on a restaurant. I think as I recall the story, you just, you had to do something that was going to make you Yeah. Money. So. Absolutely. I mean, and you know, a lot, I mean, you find, you know this, but you, I mean, you find a lot of artists, a lot of, a lot of musicians, a lot of those things in the food industry. Um, I think mainly because it's, it's, um, you know, depending on what position you have, it's, it's just another form of, of creative expression, you know, I mean, anything from making a cocktail to, to putting food together um, and, and serving all of it is, is a show, you know, it's, it's, it's a creative process. And so I think you find a lot of, a lot of musicians and, and, and people in the, in the arts, in the food industry for, for that reason. But as it goes, of course, um, making money with, with music is, has always been really a really, really tough thing or just art in general. So what do we do? You know, we got to find something to pay the bills. Um, and coming from a, a Spanish background, from a family that, um, that, that takes food very seriously. Um, and my, you know, my dad started teaching me how to cook when I was, when I was a little kid also, um, you know, food was, was my, was just the, the obvious choice, you know? So I, of course, you know, got and you're in Portland too. And, so it makes it yeah. even a little more obvious too. Amazing. Yeah. Tulsa, yeah. it may, I don't know how Erdinetta would do in Tulsa. Yeah, I don't know. You know, now, you know, I think probably a lot better. Okay. Tulsa's, Tulsa's grown um, exponentially since since I lived there, you know, 20-something years ago. That's because you left. Hey, Javier's yeah. gone. We can move there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's always the way it goes. Um, so, yeah, you know, I got I got a job in in restaurants, you know, dishwasher jobs. Um, working my way up to the line, um, you know, really exploring my my passion for food, which which I already had before that, um, but now it was a bit, you know, it started becoming a bit more more real and serious. So, um, and I continued to play shows, and and I actually i i opened up a, a little recording studio um, down in Southeast Industrial. Portland. I had that thing for almost eight years. Um, and just, I did both for, for a long time. A lot of people ask me, um, do you like music or 
being a chef better? And that's just an impossible question to answer. Because- well, I was also, knowing you're coming on today and we were going to be discussing this, <laughs> I pondered the same thing, but I got it from a different angle. Which mm-hmm. of your passions makes JL swoon more? <laughs> when you're singing and you got a guitar or when you got a knife in your hand and you're making your uh, incredible dishes? Which one that's gets That's a great a- question. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, great, great question. You know, <laughs> I mean, it might depend on the day. Uh, that's a terrible answer. Right. But I there think- has to be something that, you know, that she, I know she just looks at you with, you know, her starry eyes when mm-hmm. I'm around you, you know, it's obviously you two have a very loving relationship, but I just sure. think there's gotta be something that makes her just, I, I don't yeah. want to go there. I'm not, you know, but makes her a little no, more excited. I, Let's put it I get that it. way. Yeah. And, yeah. I get it. <laughs> I would say um, probably when I when I cook for her more. Okay, I think. Although you know, JL, um, which a lot of people don't know, this is is like a classically trained concert pianist. You know, she can play piano like like I've never seen. I mean, she's amazing for real. I didn't know and this. So, I know. Isn't right? there a piano yeah. at the castle? Yeah, isn't there? I yes. think there is. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. so. So we'll I'm going to we'll press you guys to do a little duet there. Uh-huh. And we so. do at home. Um, you know, we have a, like a little a little piano at, at, at our house. And every now and then, you know, I'll pick up the guitar and she'll be on the piano and we'll, we'll just kind of jam together, you know, and that's pretty cool. Um, so that's why it's just, it's an impossible thing to answer. You know, it depends on. Well, we have to ask her. On. So what we sure. need to do is have her on and have her answer. I think question. that's, but I think that's. I just saw you might know it. offhand, but listen, yeah. so I wanted to do something we haven't done on this podcast. You did bring your guitar years ago when we were in the studio and you played for us, I believe. Court did tells yeah. me this. Yeah. Uh, but we, we want to play a track or two and have you introduce it. You know, it's four cool. minutes. Uh, yeah. so that people can hear what you do. The other side of you, many people listen to this podcast have eaten your food. They may yeah. not have listened to your music. So, uh, what do sure. you, what do you want us to cue up here first? Well, uh, my latest project with a, a, a buddy of mine, um, God, for 30 years now, Jason Kessler, which lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where we met. I mm-hmm. was, I was 16. He was 15. Uh, and, and we're still doing music together 30 years later. And this is our new, our new project kind of inspired by, uh, by a little bit of, of kind of eighties synth pop. Um, and it's called everyday slave, our project. And, um, our latest release is called fallout. She just released a video for, and let's play it. I wish we could do the video, but we'll include the link to the sure. video as well. But right now yeah. we're going to listen to, uh, Fallout by Everyday Slave. I've never introduced, I've never done that. Here it is <laughs> Fallout by Everyday Slave. You're going to dig it. <laughs>
That was Everyday Slave. What did you think, Javi? <laughs> I think it sounded really good. Yeah, we put a lot of work um, into that song, and um, I think we're we're super proud of it. Um, and even just you know what it's about, everything. Um, I think it's it's a bit vague, maybe what it's about, but I, you know, Jason is is absolutely the the co-writer um, of all the music, but we put it together as um, a subject of, of, and here's, here's where we get dark of abuse, but not, not, you know, the kind of abuse that you think, but more of, of abuse from the perspective of, of society and kind of what, what society, um, you know, in a roundabout way tells you what to do. Well, know? also, have you ever done like restaurant abuse, like <laughs> lyrics? Like, uh, <laughs> I think that would be kind of a fun, that would be a way for you to approach it, but you're not front of the house either. So you need, yeah. you are close enough though. Your restaurant allows you to see what's going on. Anyway, sure. Yeah. We, be- we can see everything. Not yet. No, I haven't yet. Well, listen, that was really cool to play that. We'll come back and we're going to do another track a little later. But right now, I want to take an opportunity uh, to talk about Ringside Steakhouse, where they do everything in their power to make sure there's no abuse going on in the restaurant because they know how to squelch that with great service and great food. They've been around for a long time, yeah. Yeah, so here's a message from Ringside, and we'll be right back with Javier Quinteros of Erdineta and Everyday Sleep. All right, Chris, we are pausing just a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat in Portland, Ringside Steakhouse. And I'm going to say, if you care about service and you like good service, great service, Ringside is the place. I mean, I've discussed this with a number of friends. There's nowhere in Portland that has better service than Ringside. Now, there may be some that have as good at times but ringside, you know, you're going to be taken care of when you go in. So every single time, absolutely. Right. And it's cozy, what? and it's the food is great. Let's not forget that. But uh, if you want to take someone and, and make them feel special, ringside is the place. And why not take them on, say, a Monday night where all night long it's their prime rib three course dinner special. You get mixed greens, you get the prime rib, of course, along with the horseradish and Yorkshire pudding, and then you can wrap it all up with creme brulee. Are you a Yorkshire pudding fan, Court? I enjoy it, yeah. I yeah. love it. And uh, I know that I, I've enjoyed it all uh, quite often with their prime rib special, but also I've had the, we've had the batter. We we got the batter in a kit. I don't know if they offer that, but we asked for it, and we mm-hmm. made Yorkshire pudding here uh, for some friends, and it was just delicious. So oh, very nice, yeah, very nice. And also, are you aware? Yes, you are. That they have merchandise now. I'm looking at their their apron, a ringside apron. Who wouldn't want a ringside apron for grilling outside or or inside? Yeah. Now, I, I, I've been envious of these for some time, and they introduced these last year. And uh, it'd be, you know, for the ringside fan in your life, a great way to surprise them with something different. Right. And it's always nice to get a gift when it's not Christmas, when someone's just not expecting a gift. Yeah. That's the best time to surprise someone. So I would suggest take someone you love to ringside 
and then go to the bathroom and come back with a t-shirt, a <laughs> hat, or a, or a, uh, or an apron. One of the, the one of those. A little surprise. Yes, exactly. You can uh, make reservations a couple of different ways. You can go to the website ringsidesteakhouse.com. That's, of course, where you can find out all the different hours, um, things that are going on at uh, Ringside Steakhouse. Make your reservations there or hop on the Open Table app and make it through the app. Exactly. Best thing you can do. Ringside on West Burnside, or you can find them at ringsidesteakhouse.com. All right. So listen, when you're recording... This is one of the beauties of 2024. I've always said, you know, when people say things are so bad now, oh my God, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been able to maintain some sort of living by working out of my home while raising two kids, right? So here's a situation where you can still do your music and have a project with someone you really are tight with from a distance. And so, you know, you're recording, you're recording your tracks, he's recording his, and you're putting it all together. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty amazing what you can do nowadays. I mean, you know, coming from the days of, of analog recording, you know, speaking of, of bands like Van Halen and, and those times um, to, to more, more digital recording and emulating an analog sound, you know, what you can do with, with software um, is just mind-blowing to me i mean there are there are bands and and entire music projects that um i mean they're you know their tracks never they never leave a a a, a computer they never leave a digital realm and you know it's i'm all for it i think it's it's really amazing and it's kind of you know what you're we're acting like oh it's culminated in this no (laughs) it's just starting man it's gonna get wacky i'm gonna be able to be van halen someday right man dude with all the ai stuff (laughs) going on right now it's getting nuts i know Um, so who's then there's going to be this discussion of who's real and who's not i remember when the discussion was oh cds man they don't have the depth that vinyl has and i used to think oh that's you know, most people can't tell the difference there. That's a psychological difference. Right. Probably not, but most people can't tell the difference. Now it's going to be, yeah. who's a real artist? Who is, yeah. you know, you used to talk <laughs> yeah. about lip syncing and how bullshit that was. Right, now right. it's going to be, there's a whole new thing in front of us. Like, I can't yeah. even tell what is a real commercial any longer on TV. Yeah. I mean, on yeah. YouTube commercials. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I don't it know is, where it's it going. Is. Who knows? And it's going fast, you know? I mean, it's moving so, so quickly. It just seems like it, that stuff just started happening like almost overnight. It's really, it's really nuts. Right. And I, th- I hope it does something. I mean, listen, we want the music industry to thrive. We want our great musicians to want to play live. But I'm at the point now where concert prices and I'm just like, well, fuck this. It's, yeah. you know, good for you that you yeah. can get that kind of money but i mean it's just it's it's obscene and there, uh, <clears throat> and as a as a someone who likes music and went to a lot of concerts over the years you're not going to see me laying out two grand to go see anybody when by the way it's a lot a month later i can see it uh, with my sono speakers and have better views like yeah. you know camera angles that are awesome yeah. <clears throat> why the hell do yeah. i want to do that or you know i've always said i'd prefer to put my earbuds on and walk the beach than 
go and sit amongst a bunch of co- probably COVID laden, COVID <laughs> contaminated people. All right, that's, I got. I I must have a rant on a, every podcast. That I guess. Let's get that out. You got it. You got to get it out of your system. <laughs> that's it. Do you go to see live shows anymore? Man, I haven't in in a while. I want to. Um, I really do. You know, but um, it's been a while. It's been a while. I mean, I, I would be, I would be, you know, in denial if, if I didn't say that, uh, you know, pre or post pandemic, you know, it, it probably has a little bit to do with that. Um, and, and also just my, my job, you know, um, right. just running a restaurant. It doesn't leave me a lot of time, but you know, I'm also, you know, I'm a, I'm a business owner. I, I have, staff to take care of and and i don't want to um i don't want to expose anybody to anything or put anybody in 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 danger of anything and i don't know it's just a bunch of excuses man i mean i i I need to get out there and and go see some (laughs) shows i'm glad this could be a little bit this sounds like a therapy appointment it's not it's not because i'm old or lazy no no it's not that no and also um, no, for you to go i would imagine you'd want to go with jl and it's not totally. easy for the two of you at the same time to decide we're gonna book out of the restaurant uh and most shows are on weekends well maybe not yeah but yeah you know even on weekends it's it's not easy for you to do that stuff man it's it's yeah. hard you gotta no you gotta plan stuff and you know when you when you own a own a small business i mean you have to uh you have to really kind of plan your life a, a, around that. And, and I'm not saying in any way that, um, that we don't, we don't enjoy that. I mean, that, you know, we, we enjoy very much what we do, but, but it is a lifestyle of course. And, and it's something I think with any small business that, um, you know, you, you need to kind of arrange your life around it and, and I wouldn't have it any other way, but, but that's how it is. Do you think traveling to Spain has uh, contributed to you uh, keeping and enhancing your passion for cooking and the restaurant? I I would think it would. I mean, if you hadn't traveled that much, I would think at some point you'd go, "Uh, but you have (laughs) something to look forward to every year to juice you up again and get inspired. It is. It's like, you know, we work tremendously hard um throughout the year and 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 going on these spain trips is is like it's like a reward you know that's kind of you know it's our it's our reward it's the thing that we that we look forward to um and and motivation to you know to kind of kind of keep us going every step of the way through all the you know hard weather times you know to um to everything that goes on in, in the daily life of a restaurant. But yeah, I mean, I think for, for both of us, me on the chef side and, and J.O. Um, on the front of house side, we always come back with new ideas or we're inspired in certain ways, you know, a new, a new level of service or, you know, I get inspired by, um, by things that I eat and, and come back um, and, and, you know, put, put my spin or my twist on, on things that, that I've seen or just come up with entire brand new ideas altogether. Um, and, well, and you're right. Yeah, there's another is. aspect to it. And maybe, and tell me if this, if you notice this, but mm. when I travel and I'm gone for, you know, three weeks to a month or I remember years ago when I was married too, 
um, I'd go away and come back. And now, you know, my girlfriend looks that much more beautiful because I haven't seen her for three weeks or my uh-huh. house is that is that much more welcoming because I haven't yeah. been there. My dog, everything is fresh and new. So when you get back to your restaurant, you're like really happy. I'm guessing you're really happy to be back there. And it's not only yeah. your space, your walls yeah. and your kitchen it's your people man you get to come back and and start talking about what you did and you get to see them again and you're glad absolutely and and it's even doubly that because you don't have to look at me anymore that you just had (laughs) three two a week and a half of me and no no um yeah i mean it's that's absolutely true you know it's kind of like um you know the the old saying of how does it go you know the heart grows fonder when people are i don't even people are away or, well or, or as how, my how best friend go? dave who you met, you know what i'm saying <laughs> you've met his his favorite thing because we were you know for years we were both bachelors so his favorite thing to say to me is uh-huh. uh you know when we be talking about somebody how can i miss you when you don't go away so uh, <laughs> right <laughs> it's yeah it's it's that you know i mean you know on the day-to-day life of of you know just working or or living i mean i think inevitably you know there's going to be a bit of a a bit of a fog or a haze you know that that kind of goes over your eyes at some point and and stepping away um and becoming you know just getting refreshed like you said clearing your mind a bit um and then and then you really genuinely miss you know the people at the restaurant and the restaurant and you miss being there and cooking and, and, you know, especially when you're inspired with new ideas, you can't wait to get back and, and start doing some of those things. You know, I think that's, yeah, it's totally normal. You know, that happens almost every time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I, I I think think all of that goes into your success. Now, you're generally pretty booked. I don't want to scare people away from making a reservation, but you are generally, it's not easy, you know, that week to get, especially on a weekend. It's not easy to get in there. I mean, I've tried it and it's like, I'm coming in at eight 30. That's the best we could do. So you got to call me and you can, (laughs) well, and then, you know, it's funny in relative Spain terms, eight 30 is very early. That's before everybody gets there. It's totally. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. JL takes great care of us, but everybody doesn't know JL. And so it's a little difficult, but I think all these things go into you being, you know, a solid restaurant you're in year eight and people rave about you and i just you know um i think it's great i commend you for you know having done what you did and you weren't setting out to be a chef or restaurateur you were setting out to be a rock star yeah (laughs) and do you think you would have wanted to be a rock star you think you said you're a shy person so let's say you got you know, you got to Van Halen status or, uh-huh. you know, yeah. Metallica status. <laughs> Would you have wanted to be that guy on stage with access to all the groupies and, the, you know, all that stuff? Would that have been appealing to you? God, I don't know. You know, I mean, some of it's, some of it's great, of course. Um, but I think I would have ended up being just, you know, I mean, there's always one, there's always one band guy that that's just not, um, at, you know, at the front of the photograph, you know, right. and I probably, I probably would have ended up being that guy. And, 
still enjoying every moment of it, but um, but I've, well, I've also, just never you get the, once yeah. you get the checks, that's pretty good. Yeah, you so, know that's yeah. I don't sure. tell a lot of stories, but I will say so. You know, my brother was creative director for Van Halen, so uh, right in the key years. So I had a lot of fun hanging out with that band and doing stuff. I bet. But to your point. So you're well aware of Michael Anthony, the bass player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I remember sitting in a hotel room and talk, and he was talking about the new lawnmower, the riding lawnmower that he got, and little 15 uh-huh. minutes on how awesome it was <laughs> and how much he loved it, and you know how his wife loved that he went out, all domestic stuff, and then literally yeah. a half hour later, he's on stage with his Jack Daniels bass his jack daniels bass doing you know looking like the rock star and it it was very interesting to watch that yeah uh, the contrast between the two so i bet you 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 know if you all it would have taken is a couple of years of you on stage at twenty thousand seat arenas for your personality to change a little bit you have to adapt to that right so sure yeah yeah i think that's I think that's that's yeah. But I don't see you say. as that. Yeah, that's what makes it interesting. You're not that guy. So um now yeah. but uh but that's what you no. kind of wanted. So and yeah. now, now you've got you got that. You got your cake and eat it too. No pun intended. You got your cheesecake and you can eat yeah. it too. Your basket <laughs> cheesecake. It's true. Yeah. Um so listen, we've taken a lot of time. I wanted to get to another track before we're done. Okay. Let's um and um just, but before we do, because I feel like we should, in your words, what is it that you would say to anybody listening out there as to why they would want to come to either Basque Country with us in April or yeah. Andalusia in uh, October, where we have room, by the way. If you've got a group of four or six, we got the space for you. We're about half full yeah. to that trip. But what is yeah. it about our trips or the areas themselves that would be enticing for folks to um, enough to, for them to give us a call. I mean, there's so much, you know, there's so much. I mean, I think, I think first and foremost, just to have the opportunity to go with a few people that know the area, just like locals would. Um, and that are, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from there, you know? And so, I go back a lot and I'm, I'm just very familiar with where to take you, you know, kind of, kind of skip, um, I guess the, the parts of being on vacation or on a trip, um, you know, where you have any doubts of like, well, you know, should we go down this street or should we not go down this street? And sometimes that can be fun. And sometimes even on the trips, we, we give people the opportunity things, to do that. You know, do we do thing. all these spontaneous absolutely but i think um really the the benefit of this trip is is when when you come with us um we're gonna take you to the places where the locals would go and and we know it's gonna be good um and we're excited to share those things and excited to share our favorite parts of these cities um and so you just get the advantage of being with a, a group of fun people that that know where to take you, you know? And the advantage of not having to plan a thing. You don't even know. Once in a while, we, we do a little a la carte thing where people order off the menu, but that's like yeah. once in the yeah. whole thing. And other than that, you, who are uh, 
an extremely seasoned chef who knows everything locally are doing the ordering. So you're not only, it's pretty cool because you get to sit down with you. When do people have the opportunity to hang with you and JL and Andre and hang out for a week when you're relaxed sitting there eating and not serving? Um, So you get the advantage of you're picking it out. You don't don't necessarily have to cook it. And by the way, you do a meal. You cook uh, the the finale meal. Um, So... Yeah, there's the we, lack of planning and thinking. You just sit down and it's and you're served and it's just done. Yeah. You don't have to look at a menu even. So and you'll explain everything. Anything yeah. that needs to be explained, it happens. So it's great. And it's you know, it's just as fun for us um as it is everybody else, just to, to have the opportunity to to share where you're from, to share these beautiful places where we eat. Um and just to I mean, just to walk down beautiful streets of, of the Basque country and, and have, you know, really great conversations. I mean, all of it, all of it is fun. And we have just as much fun as everybody else. And it's such a beautiful, it's just such a beautiful place to, to go and, and to experience. And so. And I'm going to yeah. say that walk from the little village where we get mm-hmm. dropped off up to the farm. It's, yeah. it's uphill. But it is. it is so, it's like, that is one of the things that will stick with me for the rest of my life. When I'm senile, yeah. I will remember <laughs> doing that walk and I've done it a few times now. So, and then yeah. the culmination of that walk is to get to the little barn with the piglets, the blue yeah. p- Basque yeah. piglets. It's just yeah. incredible. And Andre's favorite. Yeah. Well, a lot of people's <laughs> favorite. And so. Yeah. But the cool thing is, so we're doing our fourth trip to Basque Country. So we yeah. got that dialed in, right? We, we've done it. We totally. see how people react. It's like, you know, it's, it's like a concert that you do over and over again. Yeah. And yeah. you yeah. know how people can react. But the cool thing about yeah. Andalusia, this is our first. first and one. so we're, you know, you've got definite places. They're great hotels where we're staying. And yeah. there's the excitement of this is going to be the first trip we do there yeah and break yeah. some ground uh so yeah. th- there's very two different two very different experiences with the same people it's pretty cool yeah yeah it is really cool andalusia is going to be amazing i mean it's it's where the other half of my family is from so i have a lot of ties and connections there you know the basque the basque trips have always been kind of my mother's side of the family mm-hmm. the andalusia trips will be my father's side of the family um, and so there's a lot to, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, there's a lot of just amazing history, um, even more incredible restaurants and scenery to experience and to talk about. And I'm, I'm just super excited for that, that trip. Right. And we're talking so. specifically about Seville and Granada mm-hmm. and right. on the coast as well in Malaga. Yeah. And, Malaga, some, yeah. and places in between. So, yeah. Um, and what's really also, what's cool. I feel like I can participate when we have guests come into Basque country. I always suggest, well, the best thing to do is fly into either Barcelona or Madrid, which yeah. you can kind of do if you're coming on either trip, at least Madrid. And we got suggestions for you there as, as add-ons to spend because it makes it a lot, more relaxing to fly in, spend a couple of days in one of those beautiful cities where we have, we can keep you eating pretty well and then take a train 
or a plane or even I'm taking a bus from yeah. Madrid to Bilbao and that bus man I'm not a bus person but holy shit yeah. it is really really comfortable and beautiful they are. the trip is yeah. great 4 hour bus ride now yeah. I'm hoping that unlike last year there's not going to be the marathon in Madrid that freaked me out <laughs> That's right. and stopped the cab from uh-huh. getting me to the train the bus depot but I'll get I this this year I'll move I'll get going a lot sooner anyway yeah. We're looking forward to it. And so I'm going to also nag you. I don't know about both trips, but I am going to try to figure out a way for you and JL to do a little duet for our guests because I think that would be special. (laughs) That's putting you on the spot right now. And, you know, I'm not guaranteeing that will happen, but I think it would be cool. Now, I'm for it. I'm for it. I don't know about JL, but I'm I'm, I'm for it. You can do it. So you bring bring a guitar. We'll find you a guitar. And yeah. uh, you can do some, an acoustic show. It's not going to sound like this. And this this track is your latest, right? Called Pulse. This one is Pulse. Um, although I think we played that one earlier. No, oh, no, no. What what did we play earlier? Oh man, hold on. I now I got to look at all the names. You know your names of your songs better. Fallout or something? Did we? Play, is there? Fallout. That's right. We played Fallout. That's yeah. Name. Okay. Yeah. This is all and new to me as one, of a couple of days ago. So pardon me. This one is. Pulse. I mean, I can name Eruption and Running with the Devil all day long. <laughs> this is all new to me. Yeah. This one is 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 Pulse, which is super. This is a great song. Yeah. This is one of my favorite ones. Cool. And it's your latest release. And by the way, everybody can find you find these songs on Spotify. It's pretty easy. I assume yeah. also on YouTube music and Apple music. Yeah, all the all the listening platforms were were on all of that stuff. So Right. Yeah, and if be, you can't remember Everyday Slave, you just gotta remember Javier Contreras. I'm sure you yeah. can do a search <laughs> that way. Yeah. So uh I'll let you introduce this one. Go. Sure. Uh latest release from Everyday Slave. This is Pulse.
Cause I wanna see Now I've got this need for ecstasy And I'll is the late show <laughs> now that was pulse <laughs> by everyday slave and i think it's really cool i love one of the reasons i love this podcast is because it gives me and it not selfishly but everybody time to spend an hour with you don't get to go into urdaneta and say javi can i talk to you for an hour that does not yeah. happen. However, sure. if you go on trips, you can almost you can do that. You can hang out of and course. talk for an hour. But yeah. it gives us an opportunity not only to speak with you for an hour and hear what you have to say, which is interesting, um, but also to learn about who you are as a person. And you're not all about the food, man. We didn't even talk about your TV shows and the hundred thousand yeah. dollars you won to open Erdaneta and uh, the victories yeah. that you have had. Have you ever lost on a TV show? I have not lost. I'm, I'm Ooh, I hope I didn't just jinx it. Undefeated. Yeah. Knock on wood. Somewhere. So you're like four or five and oh, as far as my best yeah. math. So yeah. good for it's, you. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. Right. So, but it's an opportunity to get to know who you are because there's, there's always, there's obviously more to you than being a chef. You've got a whole life around that. So yeah, thank you for yeah. sharing with us uh this other side of you and i'm sure we know you're multi-dimensional so there's we're going to learn something else you maybe you've invented rockets i don't know (laughs) (laughs) that would probably be (laughs) jl yeah or or we'll hear from andre too right he's got 
his handle is mostly music. We got to hear about that. Too. Yeah. So yeah, Andre's uh, an amazing musician, actually. Also. Yeah. So we got to get to that. We've had him on the podcast, and we'll have him back again, so we can do this sort yeah. of thing again. So, yeah. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate. it. I feel you. like there's stuff we didn't talk about. We should have, but I think we had a we had a really nice hour together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, always, I, always I, a blast talking with you, man. Absolutely. Well, it's funny. We uh, just as I was talking about, I think we get more time here than when we're on the trips. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, yeah. We get time yeah. together, but we don't get an we hour do. to just sit down and shoot the shit. Something's yeah, coming you're up. Right. You're so, right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for agreeing to do it and taking thank time you. out of your busy schedule. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for doing these trips with us it is uh it's been life-changing and i don't use that word yeah lightly but yeah i mean you know through the pandemic let's face it we had we had a couple of trips sold out before the pandemic the pandemic yeah. hits five weeks before our first trip it was and rough. everybody love i don't think they loved me that much but they loved you enough to stick with it for two years and wait to go with us so that's it's unbelievable it's right so and that meant a lot to me because shit i don't know what i'd be doing now if if we didn't have these trips so yeah and and just the opportunity and i use it and i'm sure others do too you do i use the trips not only do i love going on them but i bookend them either before and or after to expand Mm -hmm. my my travel horizon so this time i'm going to portugal and wow. I'm excited yeah. about that. That's been on my bucket list for yeah. a while. And I'm trying to, I'm, I think I'm roping Aaron Barnett in oh, cool. to yeah. doing a yeah. trip with us to Portugal next year, which is, oh, that'll, that'll what does Aaron have to do? What does Aaron have to do with Portugal? He's got, he serves French food. Well, he's a chef <laughs> and he, same thing. He's like the nicest guy. You have you, do you know Aaron? I've I've never I mean I know of him but we've never actually met. Well, yeah. you should meet because he yeah. when I met him years ago when I first started doing Portland Food Adventures, I walked away from there thinking he's like the nicest guy I've met. That's really, great. bar none. And so here's the opportunity to come hang out with Aaron and yeah. drink port wine over there and eat that some Portuguese awesome. foods as, as he expands his hori- horizons a little bit. Anyway, I'm yeah. excited about that. So that I would not good. be doing that had I not be doing these, do, doing these trips with you. And I know that, you know, we've had people come back with us and um, really special opportunities. So I apologize yeah. to anybody who thinks this was self-serving, but I, I'm going to just say this as a disclaimer. Hmm. It's a public service announcement because these are some of the best experiences one can have if they love food and good people. Yeah. Agreed, man. Agreed. Yeah. So thanks, man. You have a great day. I will see you soon. I'm sure. And, uh, I'm sure I know we'll talk soon. So hi to, uh, love and kisses to JL and Andre. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you again for having me on. It's always a pleasure. This is the best. I'm glad I really enjoyed this. Thanks, man. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right